All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything Hello, Marvelites! Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 324! I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Assistant Editor Tucker Marcus, joined by... (laughs) Assistant Manager of Social Media, Alex Lopez... And we also have EVP... Brandon! (laughs) Wait, that doesn't... EVP? Is that your nickname, Tucker? You You guys learn... You... I'm pretty sure it was Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing you under the bus right wow. away. It's great. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, I promise you, we are smart and we can spell. <laughs> Some days. But we uh, are going to talk about what's happening at Marvel this week. We're doing a little bit of a change starting this week. If those of you who subscribe to us on your podcast feeds, whether that's iTunes or somewhere else, you'll notice there's a new show on the feed called The Pull List. And on the Pull list. No, is that not, <laughs> yeah, not working I don't for know. you guys? I'm not, not feeling that one. <laughs> okay. The pull list is the rundown of all the new comics coming out this week. That's your print, your digital, your collections, your single issues, what's coming to Marvel Unlimited. It's going to run down everything that's available. We've released that now on Tuesdays, hopefully forever and ever, so that you can listen to that episode before you go to your comic shop, before you fire up your Marvel app or your Comixology app on Wednesday morning, and know what you are getting into. And hopefully, maybe we've suggested something new that you want to check out, and you pick it up for the first time that day. But, so what is This Week in Marvel now? It's going to be our Twims of the Week, our favorite books, two of them chosen by each of us of what come out this week. We're going to get hyped. We're going to get excited. We're going to get a little bit more in-depth. I write lots of notes on a lot of these books, so I will have use for said notes. And we'll uh, we'll dive into those books. We're going to talk about the news, get a little bit more in-depth, depth, depth, depth. On the news, uh, which I lean on Alex and Tucker to provide all that because they're on the front lines reporting. In the They've trenches. Got, you, sure you, are. You can't see them right now, but they have those old school reporters hats <laughs> and the with the little, the uh, little piece, card little that says card. press. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and so they're doing the Lord's work. My name is actually Skips. Skips Marcus here on the beat. <laughs> Say. I don't know what happened there, uh, but I'm very excited. We The pull list is, is a lot of fun. Um, one of the tweets, uh, we'll get more into the tweets, the questions and comments later in the episode, but uh, one of them came in from Raf AB, our friend in France. Raf said, hey, we're now getting video episodes of This Week in Marvel. Is it going to be a regular thing? And the answer is yes. Wow. More video episodes to come. Right now, we're still working on a lot of that stuff, but... I get to do a lot of interviews with people. I get to travel a lot, and we want to make sure that we can do some cool stuff under the This Week in Marvel banner. There's going to be tons more of that, and we'll dig into those things in the coming months. Uh, So that answers that, Raph. But speaking of interviews, this week we have Jerry Duggan, writer of Guardians of the Galaxy and the upcoming Infinity Countdown. Uh, He and I are just going to talk about life and love and 
not comics at all. No, zero <laughs> comics. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that later on in the episode. Uh, reminder that you can email us at twimpodcast at marvel.com. You can use the hashtag this week in Marvel on Twitter to send your questions, your comments, your thoughts, your complaints, your love. Also on Twitter, I'm Agent M, A G E N T M. I'm at Tucker Marcus. I'm at Alex Lopez, but the O is a zero and there's an underscore because wow. I don't want you to find me. <laughs> you, your job is social media. You have made it so it's difficult to interact with you on social media. Yeah, I just said, don't find me. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so we're out there. I was on a show called The Fandom Files that went out this week. I recorded it last week at 30 Rock, the famed 30 Rock. Wow. I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, from Sci-Fi and their uh, Sci-Fi Wire with uh, Jordan and Emily and had a good time talking with them about my life, my career, breaking oh, cool. the comics. Talked a lot about Godzilla. I was going to say. All, All right. right. <laughs> a lot about Dragon Ball. Uh, there was some talk about, I don't know, maybe a little bit of wrestling. Maybe not, but uh, <laughs> definitely some Marvel talk and they jogged some fun memories it was really great. I had a lot of fun. You can check that out from Sci-Fi on their uh, all their social channels. They tweeted the heck out of that one. It's so. out now. It is out now, Alex. Maybe I will listen to it. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm good. We we talked a little bit about stuff that I want to do on the show. I want to get do more giveaways, and so eventually we'll do official Marvel giveaways. But. Uh, I'm gonna do my own. So if you tweet <laughs> to me with the word pizza butt, that's one word, P-I-Z-Z-A-B-U-T-T, tweet that to me before January 19th. Maybe you get something from me. Wow. Yeah. I've got like a giant cache of digital goods, codes mostly for Marvel Comics, but there's also sometimes I've I mean you guys know I've given you many video games over the years. This, this is true. true. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of codes for At games. At first I thought you said giant cash and I was like, whoa, whoa. generous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have uh, I want to share some stuff and I'm gonna change up what the word is every week as long mm-hmm. as I keep remembering. I I put it as a template in our document so it'll remind me to come up with a a dumb word that forces someone to tweet out a dumb word publicly on their Twitter to me Uh, and so we'll see we'll have some fun with that Um, on the pull list this week Tucker you started to go off because it's Venom's 30th anniversary that's right yeah Uh, there's been uh, a lot of announcements this week uh, in what's uh, being billed as the year of Venom Uh, and it starts with there's a new poster that's going to be in comic shops on January 31st. That's illustrated by Clayton Crane. Uh, it's called Web of Venom, and it's kind of a really cool roadmap to where we're getting to Venom's 30th anniversary this May, how we got there, and the seeds of the different stories that have been planted over the last year or so across Marvel Comics. It's really awesome. Right now we're reading Venom Inc., which is so great. Uh, after Venom Inc. wraps up, then there's going to be a Poison X arc, uh, which is this great uh, story about the poisons, which we've gotten to know pretty well over the last few months. Uh, and they take on planet Earth as a whole and they go for it. And it's crazy. There's the 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 pitch for the story is just insane and awesome. And then after Poison X comes Venomized. And that's written by Colin Bunn, art by Ivan Coelho. And that will be the conclusion and the kind of climax of... Uh, this giant year uh, that's planned ahead 
Uh, and then from then on in the months ahead, there's going to be so many more Venom stories and, and things uh, across all of Marvel. It's really, really exciting. Nice. Yeah. It's a whole year of celebrations. Um, Alex, last week we talked a little bit. I got you to uh, play a little game, a Dragon Ball mobile game called uh, Doken Battle. Hooked. Yeah. Hooked now. Yeah, you having fun? I've got to say, and guys can go against me, might be the best mobile game I've ever played. Wow. Aside from all the Marvel mobile games, which of we love course. a ton. <laughs> like Marvel Contest of Champions, Champions, Marvel Future Fight, Marvel Avengers Academy. Yeah, aside from those. But those are, that, that goes without saying. The, yeah. the, yeah. the shadowy spirit of Bill Roseman just appeared in the room and <laughs> looked at Alex with an angry, <laughs> angry sneer and then Who? disappeared. Bill celebrates 20, 20 years. total years at Marvel oh, right, between right. A several different iterations what with a the company. Yeah, Bill and, and the Marvel Games team doing phenomenal work. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you're enjoying Dokken Dok Battle. Tucker, we're going to have to figure out what your Yeah, all, what none video of this game makes sense to me. We can, <laughs> I don't know any of these words. I gave you a, a copy of Star Wars Battlefront That's too, right? That's right. Absolutely. Okay. You still playing that? I love it so yeah, much. Yeah, I have to... Um, I didn't get to play much over the holidays, so... I have to finish Horizon Zero Dawn, and then I think I'm going to finish the campaign for Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. And then is like the big question: What do I play next? Because I have mm. so many games to play. Mm. Um, I was uh, I wanted to play video games this past weekend, but my wife got sick, so I watched f- five Harry Potter movies. Oh, so which cool. is great. I love me some Harry Potter. But five Harry Potter movies uh, yeah, yeah. didn't leave the house. Which five? I was expecting you to say the last one through five episodes. Or <laughs> four through eight. Four through eight. eight. Oh yeah. wow, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So it's all it's the all the David Yates ones plus whoever right. did. I don't remember. Yeah, David Yates. David Yates did five, six, seven, and seven B. Uh. <laughs> oh, I see. Are you a Harry Potter nerd? Is that coming out? Here? Like, wait, yeah. Did we just uh. figure out Tucker's thing? <laughs> uh, but I also watched. We streamed. We binged the first season of The Good Place. Have you guys oh, yeah. watched that? I, so I watched the first episode and it was enjoyable, but I didn't give it a chance after that. And then Mark Buckwhite, who also works here, recently just started watching Good Place also and was like in love with it. Oh, and yeah. now you're saying it, so maybe I have to give it a chance. <laughs> the The whole first season is on Netflix. Our partners of Netflix mm-hmm. have that one. And it's, it's terrific. Uh, the first, yeah, the first episode was good, yeah. but it like starts rolling along. It's really, really funny. I enjoyed the hell out of that. Uh, another recommendation from me is the album Post by Jeff Rosenstock, which came out last Friday when our last episode released. Fantastic. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's like got this 90s vibe. Every song sounds kind of a little bit similar, but very different. There's a little bit of a Weezer vibe in there. There's a punk vibe. There's this like... I don't know, all kinds of things going on. It's fantastic. Uh, All right, so I think it's time for us to get into our picks of the week. Uh, As I mentioned, all the books, everything that comes out this week, you can hear about it on the poll list. But there are six issues which we have chosen as our favorites. We're not saying these are the best because it's not what we do here. These are just the ones that resonated the most with us. Uh, I'm going to go first because alphabetically that makes the most sense. I've got Avengers number 675, which is the first part of No Surrender. It has this great lenticular cover. It's awesome. Can you hear it? This is written by the triumvirate of Mark Wade, Al Ewing, and Jim Zub. Art by Pepe Larraz. Colors by David Curiel. We've talked a lot about uh, over the last couple years, uh, especially when Ben was here, about Pepe Larraz. His work on, he's done some Star Wars stuff and, and a number of other books, and he's been getting better and better and better. And 
I, between this and I did, I've read, I already read the next issue, mm-hmm. uh, is 676. He is, this is like the star maker series for Pepe and wow. uh, colorist David Curiel. They're phenomenal. There's, I'm opening to, it's like the fourth or fifth pages, this two page spread of Falcon in New York City. Ooh. And it's just the, there's this hue of red and yellow, Kirby crackle like energy coming out. You've got Falcon flying with, you know, he's got Red Wing and these other birds and the cityscape. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. Pepe is like, one of those premier superhero artists right now. It's got part of it kind of reminds me of um, there's almost like a Brian Hitch quality to some of it in that organicness. There's a kinetic energy there. There's this uh, the fine work of like Olivier Coipel. There's so many things going on in Pepe's work here, but it's very much his own, especially with facial expressions and and personality that he brings to it. It's so damn good. Uh, in this issue, this is like the big book that brings all the Avengers together. You've We've had several Avengers books leading up to this. U.S. Avengers, uh, Uncanny. Which one? Occupy. Occupy Avengers, yep. We've seen those characters in here. Um, Secret Avengers, uh, the Uncanny Avengers, U.S. Avengers, uh, the Vanilla Avengers, you know. <laughs> But That's no just, GLA in sight. No GLA. Yet. Yet. Oh, please. Uh, and there's something that brings all of them together. It's a worldwide uh, potential catastrophe. The Earth is not, I don't want to say doomed, but it's there's something so big that everyone has to be called in. Even Living Lightning, who now goes by Lightning, lightning. which I like. <laughs> there's this little, like the book opens up with Lightning. And he, they do such a great job of establishing him as yeah. like, this cool guy who could be so much more. Yeah. And he being in the mix with a Falcon, a Vision, Wasp, uh, Captain Marvel, Hercules, all these characters, it it makes him feel bigger because there's so much going on. There's also, as I was reading this, part of it reminded me of, you guys have read Infinity Gauntlet, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. Infinity Gauntlet number two, it, one and two really are uh, when things... Like the catastrophe starts hitting. Yeah, two in particular, up, yeah. I believe two opens up with the plane crashing down. There's a, a plane. Um, so Thanos clicks his fingers, kills half the universe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he does, he literally says half the universe. So in this room, two of us would be go- potentially be gone. Two of us would still be here. Mm-hmm. And when he does that, you know, you lose half the earth. Your pilots could be gone in a plane, your, you know, all these things. So this plane starts going down and there's this rescue uh, that the Avengers roll into. They they try to save the people on the plane. There's a feeling that I get from this of that overwhelming just danger and destruction uh, and, and a sense of like potential this potentially that this might be too much. Yeah. Even like hopelessness in almost. Hopeless, yeah. Yeah. Almost hopelessness. Almost, yeah. It, because... Because you I, get little glimmers here and there. Yes, but we have these great characters. There's a huge moment for Jarvis in this, which I was like, whoa. <sighs> yeah, and uh, we get to see Wasp, who was star of of the previous Wasp series by Jeremy Whitley, which and uh, uh, Elsa Chartier, uh, that we had loved on this show. Uh, she is going to have a big role in this, which is great. We see Hawkeye. We see all the different members of all the different teams dealing with catastrophe 
across the world because it is not one single place. It is happening everywhere all at the same time. And uh, on top of that, you've got your heroes who are dealing with all the big problems. And then some heroes are just frozen or like mm-hmm. paused. Yeah. Like. And it's, it's this cool thing. They're, they're like in the art, they're colored blue. They have a, you can obviously tell that something is wrong with them, but they're tangible. They're there. The characters can interact, be interacted with, but something is very wrong. Like, there's this great scene. Again, Pepe and David, just beautiful art. This, you know, establishing shot of all the Avengers coming together outside Avengers Mansion. Um, and <laughs> Hercules is carrying the frozen vision with him. No one knows what's going on. It's this incredible problem. Um We've got Rogue and um, Bobby, um, Citizen V, as he was called, uh, Sunspot previously, uh, and Falcon, who are leaders of several Avengers teams, there and here trying to figure out how to deal with this. And then we have this last page. So this last page was so tremendous, uh, beautiful art-wise, but it's this character who... So mysterious. Yeah. Tucker, you're on the news front with your press badge and everything. (laughs) What have have we done anything around this character? Yes, yes. There has been talk uh, about it. Other, other, anything other than the fact that it's kind of the lost Avenger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is we said mysterious. The character's name. Yeah, yeah. It's Voyager. Yeah, that's her name. She's supposed to be an original Avenger, Mm -hmm. and then like this this last page is really cool because you never heard about her, but then there's like this statues behind her that. Mm It's like she was there. <laughs> She's yeah. been there. And we saw that in the last issue of Uncanny Avengers, I think it was. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, where they had rebuilt Avengers Mansion and they put the statue back and the statue had her in it. And it was a cool thing. We've seen these covers um, where she's been inserted into, I think the next, yeah, 676 has the, uh, it's this very meta yeah, cover. I, I have it at my desk, and I like looking at it. I was like, I love everything about this. At first, because the art's so great, I actually thought it was a real picture. Not yeah, a lot. I thought yeah. so too. <laughs> it's a it's a hand, hands holding the first issue of Avengers um, with Voyager in it, which is obviously not the reality we know. No. Or was it? Did something change in our reality? <laughs> and now Mark Wade, Jim Zub, and Al Ewing have channeled that it, and yeah. are putting it back into things. So we've got the mystery of Voyager, who she is, what her return means for the Avengers. We've got the mystery of just the world potentially ending. What's going on there? I am struggling a little bit to make sure I don't spoil anything because yeah, yeah. I've read the next issue and I know sort of where the story is going. So I'm very excited. Um, it's this this issue is big and scary, fun, and it has a cool bit of back matter um, of Mark Wade's top five Avenger stories. And some people skim past like the quote unquote letters pages, the last pages. This has uh, a cool list from Mark of. I was not expecting his top five to be what his top five was. So I'll leave it at that. Highly recommend you pick up Avengers 675. My first pick is Despicable Deadpool number 292. Uh, Spoke about it earlier this week on the poll list. It's written by Jerry Duggan, art by Matteo Lali, colors by Ruth Redmond. Uh, And as I spoke about a few days ago, it was... Uh, th- this is the start of a new story arc, which is called The Bucket List, 
Uh, and Strife, of course, has uh, told Deadpool that he has to take care of four names for him. He has to kill four people on his behalf. Uh, and this issue was really interesting for me because it felt like uh, when when Marvel Legacy started and Deadpool became the despicable Deadpool, things the, the book went in this really interesting new direction uh, and Deadpool was confronting uh, strife in a lot of ways. Uh, and this book and the start of this arc for me felt like Deadpool going back to issues 1 through 36 um, where his greatest enemy in a lot of ways is himself and his past actions uh, and having to contend with that uh, on a daily basis. Uh, so that comes out in the book as he uh, confronts Steve Rogers, uh, which which uh, kind of happens towards the middle. And at the beginning, though, however, there is a crazy start uh, as Irene uh, Merriweather is murdered just straight up in cold blood yeah. so he doesn't give, hesitate at yeah all. let's uh, i wanted to give a little context to irene because she hasn't been around in a little while yeah, yeah. Uh, irene merriweather was a reporter an associate of cables um, she eventually helped run providence which was an island that cable set up uh as a kind of like a, a utopia mutant utopia place um deadpool had the hots for her and there was goofiness and silliness with her, with the two of them. Obviously, she did not care for him, uh, as far as I remembered. But um, it was a good time. She first, originally, I think that a lot of that stuff happened in, if I remember correctly, the Cable Deadpool book by Fabian and uh, Fabian Nicieza and uh, Riley Brown. But she first showed up in the James Robinson Ladron era, uh, which is being collected now, which Jose Ladron is one of those amazing artists. He has a very Kirby style, mm. especially in his Marvel stuff. But Ledron's art is so good that we we are putting out or just put out a cable collection of uh, some of those issues. I highly suggest that. He's got such a cool style. Uh, so Wade Wilson shows up in kind of a Strife cosplay and it's brutal uh, because Strife told him that this is the next name on the list, he has to kill Irene. And it's really hard to watch. Uh, there's there's a really great panel here um, by Mateo uh, where you just see a, a quick glimmer of Wade's regret as he apologizes to her before uh, he takes her life. I mean, it's really brutal stuff. Uh, then we go to the aforementioned meeting with Steve Rogers in this high security prison. And this is kind of what I was getting at. It's such a fascinating uh, conversation that these two characters have because it's about uh, Wade's murder of uh, Agent Coulson. It's about the confusion of Secret Empire. It's about Steve Rogers versus the real Steve Rogers uh, and what those two represent. There's a really great uh, moment uh, as they come out of this emotional side of the conversation and Deadpool starts to get into what his intentions are with uh, Steve Rogers. And he says, he basically sums up for him the fact that he and he alone pledges to make sure that the future of the country and the future of the world is not as, as, as Hydra Cap uh, would have wanted. And, there, and there's some really great stuff where he says, while you're staring at the walls in here, I'm going to make America the exact opposite of the Hydra ideals. 
by then in a thousand years, gay mutant lizard sparkle people are going to be riding around on unicorns, shooting rainbow confetti out of their horns from their replicant bodies. This is uh, the future that liberals want, <laughs> as the meme goes. Uh, and uh, then he uh, leaves Stevel there, uh, kind of in a stalemate, uh, nonetheless, uh, uh, between the two, uh, because despite what Wade is saying to him, he still has this the, the massive weight of of what he did in the past uh, on his shoulders. He tries to escape the prison, which he broke into uh, in a hot air balloon, which is so hilarious. So no, perfectly, that makes that, that yeah, tracks for Deadpool. so yeah, yeah. perfectly. Like, it's just Deadpool. so Deadpool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he the whole thing immediately gets shot up, uh, and then on the last page, there's uh, a great. A reveal of someone else who's who's entered the game here. Uh, this is the start of a, a really great uh, story arc. It's called Bucket List, which perks my ears because, um, you know, it's Deadpool's bucket list. You know, and who knows what that could mean for the character moving forward. But uh, Jerry Duggan is, you know, crushing as always. Uh, you know, it's for me. I said this uh, a while ago, but. The, the Deadpool run that he did that's continued into Despicable Deadpool is one of my favorites of all time. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's that mixture of emotion plus the Deadpool stuff. It, it's, it's so great. Loving it. Definitely. On to my pick, I picked The Punisher number 220. Uh, this is Punisher War Machine Part 3 by Matt Rosenberg. Art by and Ryan's going to help me out with this one because I don't want to say the first name, but it's Guyu Villanova. You know, I've asked the <laughs> editors. I've asked Matt. No one knows because uh, they, they've never spoken in oh, in person. I right. believe uh, I I said goo giu 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 is what I said. Right. Right. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're trying our best. Believe me, we're not just uh, yeah. We're not butchering it just to butcher it. A we, bunch <laughs> of ignorant New Yorkers. We <laughs> we legitimately tried to find out about this. Yeah, um, colors by Lee Luffridge and. So I haven't been on the show for a while, and I love this issue, but I love this arc in general. I mean, I've always steered towards darker stories. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why you made a, a like a high pitched question. Just, you know, just like it out there. Um, even when I was an intern, I remember Ben used to question me because I really loved the, uh, the Carnage series that was going. On. That was a fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "You just really like murder," and I was like, "Well, yeah." <laughs> you are still not the darkest person on the team. Christine has oh, a darkness yeah. inside her. This is true. That yeah. terrifies me. <laughs> and she'll love yeah. that we're saying this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She slacks me some things. And I'll just like sit in my seat. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> What's going to happen next? But anyway, uh, this so this is Frank Castle doing what Frank Castle does best, but with hardware that makes it so much more achievable. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that he has this AI that, like, tries to warn him about things. And it's like, if you keep flying at this speed, he won't, like, he won't survive. And he's like, oh, tell me more. And just keeps going. <laughs> he's super brutal with this. I think that's the first time I've ever seen Punisher kill someone in that way. Oh, yeah. Like, right. that's a remarkable thing. He's getting creative now. Yeah. As, as <laughs> a person who's 40 years in comics that's has true, been about yeah. murder. <laughs> to find new ways yeah. to do that is kudos to the writer and artist for coming up with inventive, yeah. twisted ways to do it. Matt kills it on this book. Like, throws out the park. Because, I mean, you think about it, he's only had, like, guns. I mean, like, he's had some crazy guns, but he had, he had guns, like, knives, things like that. Now he's a freaking 
like suit with guns and bombs yeah. and missiles and lasers. I saw it's Matt like, Rosenberg tweet recently where he said that he was just sitting at home in the dark uh, trying to dream up ways, cool ways to kill people in the Punisher <laughs> book. And I was just like, yeah, that's a great image. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he does. Um, so yeah, Frank Castle, he's trying to get General Petrov uh, to come see him because he's on a mission from Nick Fury. He starts killing a bunch of soldiers. He frees like four in in uh, Durban camps, like, I don't know, like in one day. Yeah. <laughs> Just goes through them. Um, finally comes face to face with some like rogue shield agents that have like upgraded like war machine suits. But he like doesn't face him. He's Frank Castle. And he's like, the armor's like, you have like 20% left. And he's like, it's enough to kill this guy. <laughs> and just like bashes in his skull through the armor, takes out, I think, like three of them. And from there, there's more to go. But it's like, it's so awesome how creative Rosenberg gets with this new set of like weapons that Frank Castle has at disposal. It's just like, he's not going to give up. He's Frank Castle. He's a soldier. This is what he does. He's going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, totally. All right. My uh, next pick is Old Man Hawkeye, number one. This, uh, I think, caught us all by surprise by how much we loved it. The three of us unanimously Mm -hmm. loved this book. It is written by Ethan Sachs with art by Marco Cacchetto. The colorist is Andres Mosa. So a little background. uh, First up, Ethan Sachs. He was a writer for the Daily News for many years. Also, a I, I should I should have asked him last time I was chit-chatting with him uh, or over the, the DMs I was sharing with him the other day. Uh, I believe he was a wizard guy like myself, like Ben. Uh, great dude. He's, you know, done stuff uh, about Marvel for the Daily News and other places for years. And this is his first Marvel work, I believe. So it's super cool for someone to jump into uh, these characters, this world, and crush it first go out is is huge Um, this issue the story is set five years before the original old man logan series and it opens up with hawkeye who's older you know he's he's bearded he's um not quite the same as he was but he's still a hell of a fighter uh he is taking he's, he's basically being security running transport for something and they get um accosted by the madrox gang and it's one of those things that makes so much sense it's such a fun idea of jamie madrox turning himself into a gang yeah like just these wasteland no goodniks yeah Yeah. and they always have different color caps yeah so you can tell them apart (laughs) yeah Uh, but they all have a few of these pages were uh previewed in a sketchbook that we did on marvel.com about a month ago uh, and at that time, uh, we were just uh, checking out the inks for these pages, and a few people around the office were just blown away at the artwork. Yeah, and now the... that we're seeing it in color, I mean, it's just insane. Yeah, Marco, uh, like Pepe, is someone we've talked about for many years. He's done a lot of Star Wars work. Ooh, yeah. He's done, uh, he did a great run on Punisher. He's done so many wonderful things. And it's just his ability to do these clean, beautiful lines, but the action, the emotion, the the storytelling ability, he's been phenomenal. And this is really, this is definitely showing a, a great showcase for his abilities. Uh, we see Hawkeye going through and we get little bits and pieces. What I love is 
they get to play Ethan and, and Marco and this team get to play with the old man Logan universe. Mm-hmm. And so it's in the future. It's set in the, the wasteland a couple years before the first story, but there's tons of characters we don't know about. That's why you can have the Jamie Madrax. It was never explicitly mentioned what happened to Jamie. You know that the villains have taken over. It's this horrible, horrible post-apocalyptic future where the villains run everything. But there are little bits and pieces. We get a lot of cool cameos like the Madroxes. We get Claire Temple in here. We get some cool stuff. We get this great scene of Hawkeye going to Logan. And man, Marco draws some kind of old man Logan. This so buff. Silver fox, (laughs) sexy, just farmer Logan. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. It's really great. Uh, But there's... Tons of touches, things that he's putting into this that tie into the original story, but also expand upon it in new ways. Hawkeye's family, Hawkeye's uh, failures, and things that he's done positively, negatively. Really, really cool. Ultimately, we see that there are going to be major troubles for Hawkeye, where he, how he gets from the beginning of this story to where he is in the original Old Man Logan, which is he's blind, he's crankier, mm-hmm. he's you know working with Logan, he's got a major villain that he's going to contend with. His family stuff is just, it's it's great. There's a lot of interesting relationships and wonderful things that um, I'm just excited to see more of. Definitely. Uh, again, this was a huge, huge surprise, uh, like delightful surprise, because I was, you know, not knowing someone's comic book writing skills, mm-hmm. you know they're a, a great writer. Right. But seeing them write a comic book and put it together, it's just a, it's it's such a different medium. It's yeah. insane. But to to make that leap is just so and impressive. Knocks it out of the park. Yeah, too. crushes it. Knocks it out. First of the park. go. Congrats, Ethan. Hell of a and hell of an issue. The villain that shows up at the end. It was like the showdown I never knew I wanted, but now I want so bad. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I was racking my brain like. Did they ever fight? They had to have. Right, someone had to have done that. I, I was thinking about it too, but I was like, even I was like, if they haven't, I was like, let's let's go for it. <laughs> I was like, I'm all for it. In uh, another book that contains a old man Logan, and interesting in this book, a younger man Logan. <laughs> the transitions uh, are back. <laughs> lovely. Uh, this is Phoenix Resurrection Part Three. It's written by Matthew Rosenberg. Pencils by Joe Bennett, inks by Lorenzo Ruggiero, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, this book opens up with uh, what I uh, did some research on to double check uh, is from X-Men number 101, where uh, Jean Grey saves the rest of the X-Men by sacrificing herself in this kind of radiated, crashing uh, uh, spaceship and then we leap to uh, kind of the, the more familiar setting of this book uh, where the phoenix shows up in this lake as a couple of guys are, are, uh, are fishing. Uh, and then the uh, Jean, who uh, was, is working as a waitress, uh, completely separate from the X-Men, is really starting to lose it in this issue. This issue. We've, it kind of started in issue one and two with kind of her just being confused and maybe a little curious about what was going on in this issue. It's all boiling over. Things are going insane. The X-Men go to her grave and realize that her body isn't in it anymore. Yeah. Before, before even that, though, the scenes with Jean in, in her like idyllic small town setting mm-hmm. and dealing with those people, the thing that Matt's, Matt and the team have been doing is 
putting, putting the characters the mm, characters it's... that she's surrounded by we saw it in the first issue mm-hmm. the, the first issue is a couple weeks old now guys Banshee showing up yep. mm-hmm. well, how is Banshee showing up then we saw was it last issue yeah, with Magneto, Magneto. Magneto yeah. and then you had uh, uh, multiple man yeah multiple man was in Show there up. there were a couple other characters and like there's some deep dive characters that I think are in this they're not even I mean, named yeah, right? the, the a couple pages before and I'm yeah. like I think that's you know um, yeah it looked I'm like not... there was Gateway and I was yeah. like I don't know who else because my favorite thing is so Gateway was an Aboriginal uh, Australian I wouldn't say he wasn't necessarily an X Man kind of he he was with the X Men when they were in the outback when they were in Australia they were perceived dead for a long period of time but he's been dead for a while now but Gateway was such a freaking cool character when in this. The only reason I think it's Gateway is because he says, good day. And I was like, oh, that makes me, for some reason, that makes me happy that he says, good day. And one of, uh, as I mentioned briefly before, one of the people that she runs into in this strange universe that she's in is a young, eye-patched Logan who has a an auto shop. I definitely wouldn't call him young. He's, yeah. he's look look. Even by then he's probably very. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, he, he should younger, but he should not be hitting on Gene there. Oh no no way. no it no, is no yeah. Very creepy. No. Uh, he doesn't such like that old school like Logan way too. Yeah. <laughs> he's like puts his arm up. He's like flexing like so much. Yeah. He's like hey darling. Yeah like about to make like a. Very dirty innuendo. (laughs) Uh, His musk is everywhere. It's terrible. And this supposedly, of course, we know a bit more, supposedly normal Jean freaks out. She kind of sends him flying with this uh, kind of uh, power and she doesn't know what is going on. Then we jump back to Kitty and the X-Men who have realized that uh, without the power of Cerebro, they need someone. They need another psychic to be able to tune in and see what's exactly going on. I'm pointing at a page right now because I loved this like panel just because it's exactly like a horror movie. And that's what you were yeah. saying last week that like, this is a horror story, and this is right out of like any horror flick. Just like the monster killer, whatever's the bad thing in the movie chasing after like the innocent person and just like the creepiest factor and you see like the legs closing in closing in running and then boom it happens <laughs> and of course the person chasing her down is the one who's been chasing her for jean's entire life it's the phoenix force it's her in her kind of fully classic formed x-men version fully embracing the power of the phoenix and finally things are coming to a head in this story it is crazy stuff is going insane after going to new mexico the x-men all go there and magic uh kind of just decides to swing her sword off the the edge of this cliff to see what uh, might happen in this strange place they're in and it all opens up i'll say just that uh and uh in issue four things are really about to hit the fan as the x-men realize what's going on as they're bound to encounter gene and the phoenix uh it looks like i mean it's all primed it's pretty crazy yeah and the location for where gene is is a super deep cut that i was like i know this i know what is this? And I had to look it up. I had to ask my X-Men expert, who is Ron Richards, uh, mm. where where did... I was like, 
did Gene and Scott spend some time somewhere in like a desert? And he, Ron's like, yes, Angel's Airy uh, in New Mexico <laughs> on the plateau. Like wow. this whole thing. So there's this connection to right it's like right in the middle of the Phoenix saga, right before it really blew up. Mm. There's this whole story with Scott and Gene and a really important place for her, which is if you don't know that reading this issue, it's fine. You just know you, you see yeah. that she's yeah. here. But as it is such a crucial part of what would have would have been Gene Gray's life that it's such a great touch by the creative team here. It's, mm-hmm. it's just another reason why I love this book. And with the way that this issue began with this with the ship and how it ends in New Mexico, it is very clear Matt Rosenberg's deep love for this character, for the X-Men as a whole, and he's with this uh this limited series doing an incredible job of inserting himself and sort inserting his story Phoenix Resurrection into the pantheon of great Jean Grey stories. Cool. And on to Another story with some Phoenix touches and more X-Men. Annual, this is X-Men Gold, annual number one. This is by Mark Guggenheim and Leah Williams. Pencils by Letha E. Martinez and inks by Letha E. Martinez and Craig Young. Um, I know Ryan's going to go into some nice detail about this stuff. I got like a whole paragraph yeah, on yeah, this one. There's a lot. There's a lot in this. It's a great issue. It's takes place between X-Men Gold number 22 and X-Men Gold number 23. tells it right there on the recap page. And then those um, come out in February and March. So don't let that worry you about it. You don't need to worry. About it's it. more yeah. of like a standalone. It's not too heavy of a story, but there's some fun touches, but there's also a lot going on with, you know, like things happen in the past and how they affect, you know, someone in the future and the personality and all that. Um, it's basically Captain Britain and Megan Brack had a kid. And because Kitty Pride, um, Nightcrawler, and Rachel Gray have spent time over with Excalibur in the UK as young students, they invite him over to meet the new baby, you know? Well, and, l- sorry, Alex, didn't yeah. mean to cut you off, but like Venom, we talked about, this is the 30th anniversary of Excalibur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was this is essentially an Excalibur reunion comic, yeah. and I love it. Yeah, it's great. Um, so they get the invitation, and I love it because, oh, well, first, let me go back. You get a little recap page from some old uh, Phoenix Saga stuff, so you get a little bit of info on the Debar- new Dabari. It was a planet that the Phoenix wiped out, basically, with a snap of her finger. Um, you get a little more story with the Rachel Gray in- integration in there, and what happened with her and this champion Starhammer because he was he's was trying to get revenge on the Phoenix back in the original Candy Run. Um, you see what happened to them, and then how she basically made him a fool and got him exiled from his whole planet. Yeah, and I um, I really appreciated this because I don't my Excalibur knowledge is not up there. I, I read a bunch of the issues when I was younger, but it, like I don't know the Starhammer character and all this lore at all. So this was a great. There's a great primer in here for yeah, you to catch you up. It, 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 Gives you everything you need just yeah. for, for the issue. Um, and then they get the invitation, and I love it because Katie's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. She grabs uh, Kurt, she grabs Rachel, and they're like, okay, how are we getting there? Let's load up the Blackbird. And they're like, fuel's a little expensive. We're going to go to the superhero. We're going to fly. <laughs> and it's just them on, like, coach. <laughs> I was like, you know, so Charles Xavier probably had some, like, money set aside. Yeah. Like, you can you can ride a little bit more, you know, a, a little a bit little better class. Yeah. But that page is full of cool stuff. It is fantastic. If you look around and actually see, like, 
you, some of Spider-Man shirt or some more mutants hidden in there. There's like a baby um, Shuma Garoth in the aisle. It looks what it looks oh, like. Yeah, there is. I was like, it's, I don't know what's happening. It's it, fantastic. It, there's like, I, I mean, it may or may, may not be, but it looks like John Travolta from Pulp Fiction. There's Deadpool yeah. sitting in the front just reading the paper. <laughs> there's tons of really cool touches. Yeah, in that. And it's awesome. So the humor and the quirkiness of that page was that mark to me of like, oh, this feels like old Excalibur. It had that vibe. Definitely. Because that book was, it was weird, but it was also really funny. Yeah. It was, well, you know, it's got that UK touch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they get there, they meet the baby. And this is, I thought this was the best part of the whole issue because the baby is just super smart. <laughs> like, I think they said it was, it was like, she was born maybe what, like three days ago or something. And I don't think it was that short. I thought it was like pretty short. I know. And then like, but she already like, she's, she, age to like three months really quickly yeah maybe something like yeah. that and yeah. she's talking she like looks at kurt and she's like dad give me the kurt and just starts like <laughs> questioning kurt and she's why like why are you blue yeah. <laughs> she's, like, she's like why is your skin like that or something and he's like oh he's like well i'm blue and she's like what's blue and like starts asking all this, then like gets to it she's like where do babies come from and he's just like uh <laughs> I, I love it like she immediately goes to kurt who is the fuzzy blue elf who is also the most philosophical the most like he's the religious one he's the one who has been dead kind of has no soul anymore yeah. has been done all these things he's he can sort of think like answer these questions in a way he's so thoughtful despite yeah. his appearance um before you go any further i feel like I should give a little bit of background information because um, not everybody knows who Captain Britain and Megan are. Okay. These are the non-X-Men characters uh, in this story from Excalibur. Obviously, you have Kitty Pride, uh, Nightcrawler, and uh, Rachel Gray. Um, we've got uh, we've got them here. Um, Captain Britain is the champion of Britain. He was given powers by Merlin and Merlin's daughter Roma. Um, and it, there's a part of it, I believe, where his powers wax and wane with something about Britain and there's there's all kinds of stuff. He's had really cool villainy. The Fury, which is this terrifying mm. villain, uh, it came out of some Captain Britain comics. He's really cool. He has a rad beard in this story. Yeah. I really like that. Pretty nice haircut too. Yeah. Uh, Slick back. It's Megan, nice. <laughs> Megan, who is uh, Captain Britain's wife, the mother of the child, is a British mutant with shape-changing abilities. But she has so many powers. Yeah. It's bonkers. The the primary one she uses here is like she turns like a werewolf and uses super strength, but there's more to her. Yeah, <laughs> it's like her. she can change her powers based, based on empathy to others. She's got like elemental powers. She can fly. There's all kinds of like really weird and cool stuff. Yeah. I... I, I had to doing the research. I for some reason thought she was like a an elf of some type, not just well. She has a, like the pointy ears yeah. and all that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I could definitely see it. It's also I. So her thing this whole book is she's so upset because she's like my baby smarter than me already. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. Like she was, she was not socialized yeah. properly. She was not. She was brought up in like. This, as an outcast because of her fur and all this stuff and then she didn't go to school with everyone she did she doesn't have the same level of education that a lot of others right have. yeah she like didn't learn to read as fast as everyone else she still doesn't know 
as many words as you know the normal person who went to regular school would know um and that's it gets to her and but you know kitty rachel they calm her down uh then we get to the meat of the issue where Starhammer attacks he's trying he wants some payback rachel doesn't know who he is at all you know she's been through some stuff her mind has been other places i mean she kind of erased that side of her from back then um and then it all comes back to her and it it's i kind of want to see where it's going to go because it looked like it came back to her and it looked like she was about to just stop everything and like really go off but then the baby comes in and it's just like there's a, like a remote control that takes everyone to like a different planet and he's trying to kill everyone and the baby's like give me that remote <laughs> and just like starts twiddling around of it and at the best thing is captain Britain's just holding her and he's like look at my girl go <laughs> it's like how smart she is is the greatest thing and he figures she figures it out and she brings back like his entire culture basically and his entire planet and like brings him back well, back in time i think right i think she finds a reality it's oh, a reality where the dabari are, are alive and well and she's able to help him take the remaining of his, his people and bring them there and bring them over yeah. there so he has you, you, they can't bring back the people that were killed by the phoenix but they can give them something akin yeah. to that it, yeah then there's this one great line where it happens, and then Star Hammer goes, "How is this possible?" And Kurt, just in the background, says, "There is only possibility, nothing else." <laughs> it's just like, "Oh, that's yeah. really deep." Yeah. <laughs> and that's it, that's exactly what you're saying. Like Kurt's been around. Kurt's the one who understands this. He's the one that can speak to the baby, who's super smart because he has these, like you know, these answers because he's seen it all. He's died numerous times, came back, doesn't really have a soul, not holding on to anything anymore. Um, and it's just a really great issue. By the end, it's really sweet. There's a sentimental moment. Uh, and it's a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you want more Excalibur, some suggestions I got from the aforementioned Ron Richards include <laughs> uh, The Sword is Drawn, Two-Edged Sword, Cross Time Caper, The Dugalock Chronicles, uh, The Excalibur Parts of Inferno, The Warren Ellis Run, and anything with Pete Wisdom. I've read about half of that. So I, I would definitely agree with Sword is Drawn, Cross Time Caper, all the Warren Ellis stuff and the Pete Wisdom stuff because I love all that. Uh, but Excalibur stuff, I want more. Uh, and there was a fun fact I noticed in this. Uh, Mark Guggenheim has a note in there. He was a Marvel Comics intern back in the day. No way. No. Yeah. And now, you know, he's been writing X-Men Gold, but he's been a TV showrunner, yep. tons of yep. things. Uh, terrific. So if you guys are looking for the rest of the books out this week, go to The Pull List. Read it. Get the full lowdown on all the other fun books. There's a ton out there this week. Some really, some ones that we loved a ton and would have picked if there weren't these six books that we loved just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Now let's go to the news. Okay, so I previously spoke about uh, Venomized, which is uh, coming up and so exciting. All, everything that's happening with Venom. Also, uh, news that was announced this week is. Domino is getting a, a solo series, an ongoing series that's going to be written by Gail Simone, uh, which is insanely exciting. She's coming back to Marvel. Uh, it's it's a kind of it's classic Domino, but there's a new spin on it. Gail was uh, in I read some quotes from her. She was saying uh, she's like the best at being bad, and she's just this great mercenary. the The idea for the series looks so awesome. Uh, the cover for issue number one, which you can check out on marvel.com, is so cool. Uh, yeah, it was. this is the first of a ton of comics news that came out this week. Also was the Exile series, uh, which we announced uh, last 
Friday. Uh, but uh, and then that's going to be written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Javier Rodriguez. Uh, and that team is going to be comprised of uh, five members, four of which were announced last week. And they were kind of these alternate future versions of some uh, Marvel heroes that we know. So that's Iron Lad, Khan, who's a really cool uh, kind of alternate older Kamala Khan. She's been through... Some stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. she, she yeah. really has She's been through some battles. <laughs> um, Is it? It's alternates and alternate futures, right? It's not all f- necessarily futures. No, I don't think it's all necessarily futures. Right. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Cause, yeah. So you mentioned Khan. There's yeah, Iron Lad, Khan, Wolvie, which is so cool. It's this kind of cartoonish version that's been uh, that gets plucked out and puts to join the team. X Baby. So he is from the X Babies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're like X Babies is one of my like that's. Classic Fantastic. Chris Claremont stuff mm-hmm. right there. The X-Babies with Mojo mm-hmm. and, like, those characters. Is like, I love X-Baby stories. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Continue. Definitely go back and read that if you need some more info on, like, who Wolvie is and the art for Exiles with him in it. Looks great. Yeah. Uh, the team is being led by Blink. Uh, and what was just announced this week is that the final... Uh, member of Exiles is Valkyrie and it's what's really awesome about it is it's Saladin spoke about it this week a little bit but it's inspired heavily by the Valkyrie that we saw in Thor Ragnarok uh, uh, played by Tessa Thompson so just incredibly and one of the coolest performances I've seen in any Marvel movie Uh, so it's this really interesting new take and she's joining the team and these five uh, have been uh championed by the unseen formerly known as nick fury to save the multiverse uh and this story is going to be just insane the the team uh the team makeup is is so unique and and just has so many different powers in there so many different personalities uh it just seems like a a really interesting book something uh the likes of which uh, i haven't seen uh recently so uh yeah really excited for it yeah, and uh, Javier Rodriguez, uh, Saladin. I mean, I, mm. I, as soon as I, you know, saw the news, I sent him a note. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so yeah. freaking out! Yeah, this yeah, is so great." Sorry. Just the fact that Exiles is coming back, and yeah. then the team. Yeah. <laughs> well, Javier Rodriguez, favorite of ours on this week in Marvel for years, a favorite so much, you may even see something this week in Marvel related from Javi. Whoa! That's a little, little teasy tease. This is even a tease for us. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Some more news. We got The Gifted on Fox just got uh, renewed for season two. Uh, stay tuned to Marvel.com for more info on that. Real excited to see how they expand on season one and the, some of the characters in there. Uh, and more info. Legion is returning in April. That's like, you know, three months away. Right Super soon. That's one trimester. <laughs> yeah, that's one it. trimester, as Sucker you know says. What? That's usually how that's I measure terms. time. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I think, okay, that's a trimester until then. <laughs> Obviously, the way all of us count time. Yeah, I am like 76 trimesters old. Sure. Oh, <laughs> did you? Did you, did you do that math? I, I was like, yeah. If that tried is that, to do it really fast I was like, in my head, is, if that's factual, I'm gonna be very impressed. Not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, we'll do the math after, and I'll I'll just confirm or deny. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, well, that's on FX. <laughs> this season's gonna follow David as he learns uh, freeing himself from Shadow King's influence is hardly means that the threat is over. Uh, if you head to Marvel.com, there's actually some really awesome info on the season. You'll get to see who's playing Shadow King and um, some quotes from the show the showrunners. And, like, fresh off the press, yesterday, 
afternoon, like night. Runaways on Hulu renewed for season two. Woo-woo. Yeah, got more old lace. Can't wait for that. Um, <laughs> the finale actually just premiered. We are recording this on Tuesday, and it's just premiered today. Check that out. Uh, show is great. It's been awesome. Before you uh, continue, uh, there were a couple tweets. Raf AB said the season finale of Runaways. Oh my goodness! Give me season two. Raf, that one's for you. You got it. Boom. You got it, man. You got that. We heard you. <laughs> there was uh, another one in here. Robert uh, at Captain Rogers forty four says Runaways was a great first season. Really grateful that's getting a second. Otherwise, I don't know how I feel about the massive cliffhanger ending. Well, that's why you got a cliffhanger. You got more coming. You know what does great cliffhanger endings? The Good Place. Mm. <laughs> Bringing it back around because that show's terrific. Nice guys. plug. Nice yeah. plug. <laughs> I, here's the. I just want to be on The Good Place as like a background extra. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hope your dream comes true. Um, this Friday, we got a new episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, this is the episode Together or Not at All. The team reunites and they take on the Kree. Um and then aside from that, we got Sunday, we got four, not one, not two, not three, four brand new episodes of Marvel's Avengers Secret Wars on Disney XD. This is the Battle World arc. My and, goodness. Yeah. Check it out. It's going to be great. Uh, tickets are now on sale for Marvel Studios Black Panther. You can get them on the Fandango. Uh, I know, my, I always go to the Alamo Draft House. They haven't called me yet to intro the movie. Really? I'm just saying. But <laughs> they do have some really cool stuff that they're doing um, for the release of the film. And I'm sure check, like, if you have a local favorite theater chain, check them, see if they're doing cool things. Because there's, like, this is a, a movie event. There's lots of fun stuff happening for that. And uh, the premiere of the new Marvel Funko animated short Submarine Showdown will be on next week on Marvel HQ. That is the YouTube channel. Marvel HQ. Check that out. Subscribe to them if you haven't already. In sub- Submarine Showdown, Red Skull launches an attack on the island of Manhattan using a Hydra submarine, and it's up to de- to Cap to defend New York City. It's going to be fun. Save us, Cap. We're in New York City. Please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go now to our interview with Jerry Duggan. And now we're back with Jerry Duggan. Hi, Jerry. Who is this? How did you get this number? This is Esteban Penagos. And, uh, you know, I don't think I have anyone in my family named Esteban. I don't, I don't know why that name was what came to my head at first. <laughs> that's uh, that's the, like a good Fletch name, too. Like this is my associate, <laughs> Esteban Penagos. Yeah, I should probably use my father's name, which is Haido, and which is spelled J-A-I-R-O. And every white guy ever has always said, oh, Gyro? Gyro? Yeah. And I'm like, of mm, okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, how are you doing? I'm well. How about you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. Uh, so there's so many things. I, obviously, I want to talk to you about Infinite Countdown and, and the fun stuff in Guardians of the Galaxy. But first, I need to know what video game are you playing right now? Uh, playing some Destiny. Uh, uh, really digging that. Uh, my son um, uh, inherited my old PS4, and so now, <laughs> now he... Uh, if he's good, this is a very good carrot on a stick for all the dads out there, uh, parents out there. You know, you can use video games really as the ultimate um, carrot on the stick to really get your kids to do anything. Like, wash my car or there's no games. <laughs> so we're playing um, We're playing uh, Destiny. Uh, I have um, a very keen interest in this Friday the 13th game that I hear is out there, right? Like, mm-hmm. is that really fun? I haven't played that yet. And then uh, uh, we downloaded um, 
uh, Battlefront uh, because my uh, son begged me. Um, so we, we got all that stuff uh, to look forward to, M- mostly on the PS4, but I also have an Xbox, and I've been meaning to try Cuphead, which I, I hear is cool. Uh, so I got a I got a, uh, an, X, an Xbox One X, and then my friend gave me Cuphead, a friend from Microsoft, and I was like, I guess I'll try it, but were you going to give me another controller if I break this one out of frustration <laughs> and anger? Yeah, you need a Cuphead controller, an unbreakable controller. Uh, yeah, I've heard how hard it is. So, and I haven't really been able to play too much of late. But uh, have you played Horizon Zero Dawn? Uh, no, uh, my son has it. I don't. I guess I need to get it. Is it great? It is. It was my favorite game of 2017. Okay. All right. Well, that clinches it. I'll, I'll get it for sure. The problem is I'm writing too much to really take advantage of any of this stuff. Although I gotta say. The Lego Marvel game is fantastic, isn't it? Bill and the did, team. Did you play it? Uh, yeah. Did you, did you get a chance to like run through? Like, I mean, he showed me. He had me to the office, uh, Bill Roseman, and he, he like showed me the, the the western part. Like, I just fell in love with it. Like, vaguely maybe inspired by 1872, the the Secret Wars comic we did. But that that Iron Man armor, the changing, the way that that changes and everything. Gosh, that's amazing. It's really and, really cool. It's this cool thing that you know that I, I can share that with my son. So we we get a kick out of all that stuff. I know it's super fun. Um, all right, so boring work stuff. Talk yeah. uh, Infinity Countdown. I feel like I have at least some hand in the glory of your run in Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy and Infinity Countdown by suggesting you use the Gardener. Is that true? Yes or yes? Yes. Perfect. Yep. No, it's true. I'll I'll thank you at the Eisners. <laughs> no, the, uh, uh, you know, we had um, at the at the top when I was when we were talking about um, you know when I when I knew that Brian was going to be moving on and and uh, Jordan was going to be editing the book and we were talking about hey is this something you'd be interested in and what what do you think the team might be and you know we looked at the Groot of it all and and obviously you know they're doing their own thing in the cinematic universe and. Uh, you know, we just talked about, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we used a smaller group to like jump off into a horror story? And uh, it's coming to a climax now in Infinity Countdown, and it's going to end, I think, in a cool way that no one's going to see coming. People haven't seen it coming. Uh, you know, I think, um, you know, th- there have been some people who have been pining for a big Groot and I've said all along, be careful what you wish for. Uh, and and now I think, uh, you know, I think it's an Infinity Countdown 2 we wrap it. It might be 3. But um, that, that stuff is drawn. I mean, uh, Aaron Cooter uh, just nailed it. Um, really wonderful uh, story about Groot and, and the Guardians and the Cosmic uh, Elders. And um, I, I can't wait to see what, what you think. Yeah, no, it, I love all that stuff. I, and so you, you're talking about Groot, little Groot. And the horror of it all, I think it was really cool what you guys did throughout the Guardians of the Galaxy issues. You get little touches here and there. And then even towards the end of the, the Guardians run, there was like there was a line someone says like, oh, Groot, you haven't done that recently. This is weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like those touches. And it did, ha- did have this ominous feeling. Or I didn't even realize. Are you a big horror buff? I am. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think... Um stealthily um my uncanny avengers story uh that that uh we told was uh was a, a bit of a horror story um between the 
the the man who fell to earth the the story of um ultron uh sort of returning to earth wearing hank pym's face spoiler guys on uncanny or on the marvel unlimited but 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 that and and also the inheritance there of the the red skull stuff from from leftover from uh the the writing that rick did on the book you know that was a fun chance to say hey here's something that is you know uh it, it's it's in the trees it's it's horror adjacent certainly but but yeah i grew up reading stephen king and um you know watching movies that i probably shouldn't have been watching bef- before i was supposed to be watching them and uh you know i i think that carries over you, you probably don't always see it necessarily in the work although maybe some in the Deadpool uh, world where we, we we do try to torture him a bit. Yeah, well, I, I definitely think the Stephen King of it all comes through in in some of the, the twisted stuff. That, that Hank Pym Ultron business is just so messed up, and I love yeah. it. It, it was fun. It was really fun to get to do that. Yeah, I, 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 yeah the Stephen King thing makes a lot of sense. I just rewatched um, Carpenter's The Thing, Oh, how good is that? That's one of the best movies ever. Oh, man. It's so good. It's so well done and smart. Did you see the board game? There's a board game. So that was what caused us to play the game, uh, to watch the movie. On New Year's Day, we had some friends, and one of them brought over uh, the board game. And aside from the 40 minutes it took us to figure out how to get in and start playing it, we put the movie on, and it was like the the juxtaposition playing the game and looking over at the movie oh man it's so good yeah it's it's a really a masterpiece yeah. and you forget that's a remake right i mean like when someone argues against remakes throw the thing in their face totally and, and i think what was that like 30 odd years after the original I totally think some people just yeah remember that yeah with a little distance and a little perspective and a new touch some new touches you can do a lot yep so yeah. cool uh, were there other so Stephen King? What other horror influences? Like, if, if someone were like to get the Jerry Duggan, you know, favorites for horror, what would you suggest? Um, <clears throat> I don't know if he's horror necessarily, but I guess the first name that leapt into my mind is Matheson. Um, he uh, Richard Matheson. Yeah. Um, he there's actually a brand new collection of his short stories out from Penguin. Uh, that's really wonderful. He wrote I Am Legend. If you've never read that, it's a novella. It's over in 100 pages, and it goes by too quickly. Uh, he's a, he, he, Everything he wrote, I feel like, is a masterpiece. And he was a guy that was writing Twilight Zones and um, other other TV work. And, and uh, so, so that, between King and Matheson, um, you know, I, I read... Um, even it's so funny, you know, the, the stuff I'm doing now on uh, for Marvel, uh, you know, I, I have Marvel Unlimited, uh, another shameless plug, I guess. Uh, and I, I recently went back and reread a lot of the cosmic stuff, um, which I had more or less sort of avoided when I started Guardians because I said, you know what, I want to go my own way here. And now that I got more comfortable, I, I just am looking for other threads to pull. And uh, Jim Starlin wrote um, a, a horror novel called Among Mad Men, um, and, I, and I only found out about it because as a kid I went to a, conven- a convention in Manhattan and picked it up off his table. Um, and it's so funny. I was rereading Infinity Gauntlet a week and a half ago, and I think in like the first three pages, 
Wong asks Strange about a book. This is before the surfer crashes into the roof. What he's reading, and he's talking about uh, an outbreak of you know uh, crazy people in the Catskills, and and Starlin was obviously nodding to his own novel in that, which really made me happy. But um, this is so that left an impression on me. You know, uh, I probably my folks wouldn't have wanted me to have picked up a horror novel at the age that I did, but they didn't know because <laughs> I was at a comic con. Uh, I still have it. Jim signed it to me, um, and and. Uh, you know, even Wrightson, right? Like the, like being able to walk into a comic shop and go, oh, what else has this guy done? And and read Swamp Thing or or uh, Batman the Cult. Um, you know, the, the, there's all this stuff out there. I, I I wouldn't call it horror, classic horror, but one of my favorite comics growing up was the Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom graphic novel. Um, you know, and and they go to hell there. That's pretty horrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a uh, and you know, Mike's art, Mignola's art. Is yeah. So it has that dark, moody, like classic horror feel without it necessarily having to be a horror thing, which is perfect. Yeah. Um, all right. So now you said you just reread Infinity Gauntlet. What else did you check back into? Um, you know, uh, some old Warlock stuff. Uh, you know, one of the things we have coming up in February is um, the, our Infinity Countdown Adam Warlock special. And, uh, it's going to be worth it just for the All Reds work alone. Um, you know, they're done now. They wrapped, and uh, boy, is it just uh, an incredible 30 pages that is one part primer. If you're not that familiar with Adam Warlock, here's everything that you need to know. And then um, it, there are a couple of really big story pieces that move into place for the larger um, story that we're telling in Infinity Countdown. So I, I reread a lot of the old. Um, Warlock stuff. And then look, stuff that isn't necessarily cosmic, but that I was reading anyway, because I'm reaching for toys in this story that um, are, are not necessarily just what you would call, you know, characters that are from the cosmic family. Um, so, so uh, but I feel like <laughs> some of that stuff I should probably not mention. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I tried to summarize Adam Warlock in whenever um, Guardians 150 came out, which would have been a week or two ago, just because Warlock hasn't been seen a lot in, sure. in, in a couple of years, and I, I love the character, and I, it took me like an hour to edit down my own scribblings of what I originally had, because like, oh yeah, you know, he went to first he was he woke yeah. up he tried to to get it on with Sif and then he got beat up by Thor and then you know he went into his cocoon he came back high evolutionary man beast the president counter like it just gets insane it gets really crazy in a in a in a fun frenetic way but the but really what, how we're positioning him at the moment is to say look here is the ultimate clockwork man He's uh, a product of four scientists. He has four parents, or maybe one parent, if you just say science birthed him. And uh, what we'll come to learn in that um, special is that, uh, you know, he, he didn't necessarily have a soul until he encountered the soul stone. And, and then, look, he has uh, what we call a dark reflection in that comic. And, you know, we're referring to uh, his, his doppelganger there, um, the magus, but we're also uh, we have another 
clockwork man out in space, uh, a- another uh, child of science that is running amok, who is also another dark reflection of Warlock, and that's Ultron. Um, going back to the story that we started to tell in Uncanny Avengers, and and in that, Ultron was knocking over alien uh, planets and sort of saying, hey, if you have a problem with this, you can go to Earth and take it up with the Avengers. And now that that story is really coming to a boil. We've shown some of that in in the pages of Guardians and in Infinity Countdown. Uh, it will become a you know a big uh, emergency uh, to deal with. And I think the way that we deal with it is actually one of the fu- uh, the, the most fun things that I, I've gotten past a Marvel editor. <laughs> so we're, we're gonna we're gonna have uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really neat big story. Um, you know, it, uh, you don't always get to reach for the the, the big toys on the high shelves uh, when you're uh, just the Deadpool guy. But, you know, now that uh, I, I'm getting um, some work in outer space, uh, it's it's really fun to cause damage on a planetary, <laughs> planetary scale. Yeah, I, I remember Al Ewing, what he was doing with like his recent Ultimate Squared book. Yeah, it's so good, right? So good and just... Like the things he was breaking and putting back together in those pages was so much fun. So I, yeah. I'm glad you get the chance to do that. Record scratch. Wait a minute. That's the end of the interview? Uh-uh, son. No, we have the full uncut. Unse- nope, evil producer Brandon is shaking his head at me. It is fully edited down and clean and beautiful and probably bleeped out a couple curses from one of us, Jerry or myself. You can hear the full interview with Mr. Jerry Duggan. Like, probably right now, it's going to be in your feed. You can listen to it. You can pause this if you want, hear more with Jerry. You can just uh, keep going with this. We've got lots more to come in this episode. Uh, but you get more Jerry Duggan on This Week in Marvel. Enjoy it. You're beautiful. I love you. Okay, let's go now to questions and comments. Reminder again, you can tweet to us using the hashtag This Week in Marvel or email twimpodcast at marvel.com. Uh, first up, Jim Radloff at MyRadcast says, Me feeling pessimistic about 2018 and then solid ahmed's exiles is coming back me oh yeah and all is right with this and many alternate worlds i think we're gonna definitely have to do a reading club that'll be a fun reading club to do with him and raf ab says the more it goes the more fitzsimmons feels like rory and amy from doctor who mm-hmm. you guys if you don't watch the doctor who uh and raf loves it Simon Williams at Simon Sebs continues with the Fitzsimmons talk. And he says, so glad to see what happened with Fitzsimmons in the latest episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is what I've wanted since season one. Season one. That's a long wait, Simon. You've been waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Simon continues his Twim of the Week for January 3rd was Rise of the Black Panther number one. He especially liked the romance between T'Challa's parents. It reminded him of T'Challa and Aurora a bit. And I completely agree. Like, we spoke about that on the episode. That... The romance that was portrayed in that story was so unique. It was common, unlike anything that you would imagine coming out of Wakanda, coming out of a Black Panther book, and it was so good. Uh, Simon continues, says, uh, okay, Gambit did come off as a bit of a creep in Rogue and Gambit no- number one. I guess I can see Agent M's point. I win. Shut it down. Validated. Yep, shut it down. Oh, that's it. You win. Well, Kelly will have many 
arguments against that. <laughs> Kelly Thompson, the writer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap it up with a couple from Captain Rogers 44. He says, uh, Hawkeye number 14 was awesome. Uh, he talks about Madame Mask's plan and all that stuff, fun stuff. Credits to Kelly Thompson, Leonardo Romero, and Jordi Belair. He says, I love this book. So sad to know it's ending. Agreed, but remember, we've got like 16 issues of a Kate Bishop Hawkeye book. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye, Clint Barton, has a, always had a tough time having a solo book. Yeah. The fact that we got such a great, amazing long run out of this, I am very thankful for. And it's great comics. And then finally, uh, Robert says, Captain America 697 was great. Cap versus Craven is a battle of wits like nothing else. Also had no idea, but makes sense that Cap is beyond perfect at billiards. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It, it makes perfect sense when you think about it. Like, such an American <laughs> pastime. He should be kind of perfect at everything. Like, oh, darts, great. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have right. to go against Steve. Uh, <laughs> whatever. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Robert says, uh, thanks to the creative team for delivering perfect stories every time. Well said. Very good. That's another week in the books, boys. Wow. We did it somehow. Yeah. So proud to be here. (laughs) You said that with such (laughs) hatred in your eyes. Dead eyes. All right, guys. uh, Reminder, tweet us your hashtags and your comments. Oh, so before I forget, we, uh, we will have a special guest on in a couple of weeks. Mr. Evan Narcisse, who wrote Black Panther, Rise of the Black Panther, and uh, the, the limited series that's going on right now, he's going to be in the office. And we said, hey, why don't you come on beyond This Week in Marvel? Better yet, why don't we do a This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club with you? Pick a favorite story of yours to uh, talk about. It could be Black Panther. It could be something else. We'll dig into it. We'll let our fans know. And then we'll all talk about it. So... One of his choices, his uh, one of his top choices was the Sturm und Drang storyline from Black Panther, the late 90s, early 2000s run by Christopher Priest and Company. It is issues 26 through, I believe, 29, give or take, but uh, those are all up on Marvel Unlimited. Easy for you guys to read. It should be four issues, and we'll make sure it's in the app. And on the website, we'll put out tweets and all that good stuff. We'll remind you in the coming weeks. Uh, but send your tweets using hashtag TwimURC. We'll pull those in. We'll, uh, we'll read them with Evan. And we'll, we'll talk about the book uh, as well as his project, getting into comics, all that fun stuff. So if you have questions either about the Reading Club book or for Evan, tweet them to us and we'll pull them together in the coming weeks. Should be fun. Yeah, it sounds Absolutely. awesome. Awesome. All right. Thanks for listening. This is Marvel your universe. This week in Marvel!